try it again. All right, ready? I'm gonna just say it. All right, ready to go? Do it yeah, live. Put a nice song. Put a nice it. Long We're pause. doing it live. Hello, internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined as always by Trace Finicaro and Eddie Van Snakelin. That is a one gunner Kennedy. I uh, had a little bit of a uh, little delay there, but I think we're good now. Um, speaking of delays, <laughs> I'm not going to delay any further, but uh, it seems like it's been a while. Since people have been waiting, and some people are pissed off about uh, a, a new character in Smash Brothers. Uh, Trace, could you tell us a little bit about a little bit about that? Oh yeah, so um, Nintendo and Minecraft uh, put their efforts together, and they are adding Minecraft Steve to the Super Smash Brothers characters. Uh, not only are they adding Steve, but they're also adding Alex. Um, Alex is like the counterpart that was added to the game later on that looks a little bit, well, I would say looks a lot more female, although both, um, you know, the name Steve is is male, so Alex is kind of like a gender-neutral name. But yeah, so there Steve are no, and Alex. There is, no gender. there is no gender in Minecraft. Correct. That's right. Is that correct? Is that true? Yeah, there there is no gender. Yeah, like so, like when you play the nice. game, um, the uh, like all the animals and stuff like that. There's no such thing as male or female. They're all just, I guess, hermaphrodites. They have both genitalia, and they, they just, just mate with they. They do, They expect you to respect their life decisions, Trace. That's all. They do, and and but you do need more than one of them to mate, though. So it, yes. you have the whole like mating process, like all of that's there, like hearts come out when they mate, but yeah, there's no, there's no, um, there's no gender. Like you don't have to worry about having like a male cow and a, and a female cow. You just need two cows kind of simplifies it. Um, so, so Steve and Alex are being brought to the game. Um, and in addition to that, they're actually bringing some more characters. Uh, one of them is the zombie. Um, <laughs> which is a very iconic character. Um, and another one is the, the uh, Enderman, the tall, skinny uh, black guy, although they had to shorten him because he's like super, super tall in the game. And they wanted to make the game mechanics um, the same for, for all four playable characters. At this point, I believe people are anticipating that the gameplay will be the same for, for, for all of the characters. But... What's interesting about this, apparently it's taken Nintendo quite a while. Um, some people have rumored up to two years uh, to to do the coding for this because this adds some new game mechanics. One of them is Minecraft Steve can actually take out a pickaxe and from the demos, it shows him actually mining through portions of the stage. So they huh. had to redo every single stage in the game <laughs> in order to add the mechanics so that you can allow a character to burrow a hole through something that shouldn't have had a hole burrowed through it. That is odd. So I'm hearing that there are, I don't know if Gunnar's heard anything about this, but I'm hearing that like, as far as the smash community is uh concerned it's kind of torn there are actually a significant amount of people that are a bit pissed off at this at uh steve being one of the characters um one of the dlc characters uh i don't think that they're as far as from what i've read what i understand they're not angry about um not necessarily angry that it is steve, not that they chose steve it was more about who they could have chosen instead of steve they uh 
they feel it's almost like a like a cash grab, especially especially mm-hmm. specifically because um, Minecraft is not an exclusive. Minecraft is is essentially like a, a Microsoft property. I mean, don't be me wrong; it's PC and it's everywhere, well, and everyone I plays think. it. But there's a, there's also probably going to be a closer Microsoft Nintendo relationship. You think so? Going for oh yeah, really. So, so some interesting things about this. I could see why people are upset because, um, and, and Gunnar, I don't mean to cut off your point about Microsoft and Nintendo, and and you can yell at me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so apparently, the, the, you you're supposed to be able to use resources from the stage to build more weapons. So, you know, essentially, Minecraft Steve, if you know, I think he starts off with something like a like a wooden sword or something like that as a weapon and throughout the course of the the, the game you're allowed to upgrade that by using resources and this is the type of game mechanic that i think is going to either make the game very interesting or you know i think it has the potential to make either steve completely overcomplicated right where he's no longer you're no longer fighting you're actually like sitting there trying to figure out how to use him or he turns out to be this like um like this obscure character where only those who are really good at using him are good or it just completely screws up the game mechanics and he's overpowered and i think when people get upset about this you know maybe they're upset because he got in over another character um but i'm curious if maybe maybe they're upset because uh you know they've been playing just dem- just demolishing with donkey kong or pikachu right along and now there's a guy that can come in that just completely breaks the mechanics that they've been used to and they've been playing competitively for um for years yeah i would i would assume with this type of character where he has to like kind of mind the stage it's going to be one or two i i think i don't believe they'll be able to create him create him as a balanced character i think he's either going to be way overpowered or he's going to be pretty much useless um well you don't think so i well because so here's the Here's the fundamental conflict, which is that Smash is not supposed to be a real fighting game per Sakurai. You know, the 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 the, the, the main the main game designer, Grand Puba Guru, however you want to say, it. like it was it was never supposed to be like a crazy super serious tech fighting game, but it just it's just become it. You know, in spite of itself. But there are there's a whole class of fighters that really hasn't been present in Smash up until this point, and it's guys who basically can create, you know, like they they don't have a lot of it, like they don't do a lot, you know. There's no cap, they're not Captain Falcon, like fucking Falcon punching you right off the thing in one go. But um, you know, their whole their whole stick is that basically, yeah, they manipulate the the level either like by putting things that can attack you from other angles or actually like just throwing walls up in front of you and i'm it's kind it's kind of it's kind of interesting watching this paradox of one they hate steve because steve is not a nintendo character or alex but but two it's this idea that you know what we're making the single like non fanciest looking character the most technical fighter out of the entire fucking roster i can see that where it's like go ahead no i'm just saying i can see that like maybe 
maybe he's not intended for a beginner. Maybe he's intended for like a high skill, essentially. But if you can, you can actually, you know, learn to use him, and and you you possess the skills, it can be a very difficult foe. And it's a game with an electric rat and a pink marshmallow <laughs> and Kirby, who's just big into who's big into Vore. Actually, really, they just need they need Mother Brain and Samus, or, or not Samus, um, Ridley, and they're just done. Mother Mother Brain Mother Brain can't move. She's just throwing things at you, and Ridley is a giant space Tyrannosaurus pirate because that's just great. Or Another uh, controversial part about this is the price. So, from from my understanding, um, they're <sighs> From what I've read, all four characters are, are the gameplay will be identical. So everything you can do with Steve, you should be able to do with the zombie. They're just reskins of Steve. Steve is really cool. the character. It's going to be provided through downloadable content, which obviously will also update your maps. Um, I don't know how it will affect the custom maps that we've created. So like if you've drawn your own map um, and you like to play competitively on your own, or if you've downloaded a map off of the content store, I don't know how it will affect those. Um, and I haven't seen anyone talking about about that but one of the things is is that because it's downloadable content i believe like i believe you can buy like one character for a single price or buy all four of them for another price and the fact that that the game mechanics are the same for all four kind of makes it seem like a ripoff and i think it's like 30 dollars for all four characters <clears throat> Which is quite crazy considering that the it's like a sixty dollar game. So your downloadable content could you know, which this is the point, right? It's the point of DLC to begin with. But the DLC can can easily um, cost more than the entire game after you've purchased all of the characters that they have to offer, including their backlog of characters. Yeah, I mean, there's always controversy with DLC, paid DLC, DLC specifically. But um, <clears throat> I, I I don't know. I think a lot of go ahead, Gunnar, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, Steve, Steve real Steve's really in there just because you're you can't you can't let Goku you you can't let Goku <laughs> get into Smash. Yeah, it's it, so, so, much like the Cancer Man said that Buff in 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 uh the X Files said Buffalo will never win a Super Bowl as long as he alive as he is alive as long as Sakurai is alive and at the head of Smash Brothers. Goku cannot fucking appear in a Smash game because it's not a licensing thing. It's really just it is it is Sakurai's will that this will not come to pass. Well, speaking of wills and things not coming to pass, uh, <clears throat> we mentioned several weeks ago Joe Rogan is moving over to Spotify. It has happened, um, but there is a lot of there are a lot of Spotify employees that are unhappy with this happening and that have kind of stated as such that they will not be uh you know they're, they're not going to stand for it that, that maybe some strikes were going to happen um gunner can you tell us a little bit more about this yes joe rogan 57 year old brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt not professional and enter usually entertaining blowhard or psychedelic <clears throat> advocate or stand-up comedian he's a his his main claim to fame I, i'm sorry I, I just i was the article the art one article that we prompted this it was just like i i i, I criticize I'm, I'm like talking shit on the guy's writing style now but anyways <laughs> no um i i hope he doesn't have you on as a guest someday because of that <laughs> <laughs> i'll be no, laughing I, well, that's just 
I mean, I guess the thing is, is that like, really, you're talking about him as a podcaster, and you're like, well, he's a fucking black belt Brazilian jiu jitsu. It's like, <laughs> it's like saying that I'm. It's like you know, it's like esteemed pie enthusiast Gunnar Kennedy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Sorry. Anyways, um, so one of the thing, one of the things that's coming up, one of the things that's coming up is that it's interesting. Um. You know, he, he there the, supposedly there was issues with him having Alex Jones back on the show when YouTube was one of the primary distribution methods of the Joe Rogan experience, right? Yes, like he yeah. kind of mentioned it like there was there was there was quote unquote some censorship going on behind the scenes. Yeah, Alex Jones is barred from and, the platform, so I can see them giving him a hard time having him on as a guest. Yeah, I mean, you know, Alex has got his own fucking oh my. Anyways, so supposedly this 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 one, um, this move to Texas and Spotify. I mean, like Spotify th was there was supposed to be less quote unquote censorship when he went to Spotify. And really, the Spotify deal was just they threw a shit ton of money at him, and he was looking. To, he, he the only reason he moved to Texas was because there was like some new income tax laws going into effect next year, and he didn't want to be on the fucking hook for that shit when it came due. But um, there's a bunch of employees that at Spotify that kind of had some serious problems with some of the programs that Joe's done as of lately, because um. Joe has some very vocal positions on certain things. Uh, and not necessarily, you know, but as an aside to that is that he will also have guests on the show that may have much more extreme views than he does. And I want to separate those two because they're not, they're not synonymous. You know, like he he says some stupid he said yes yeah, he says some shit that I disagree with, but that's him, and I don't necessarily associate some of the the guests that he's had on the show with with that same thing. If that makes any sense, doesn't doesn't the you know, big like, controversy come up with the um with the transgender guest that he had on? Not the transgender, sorry, no, the the, 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 this, this this particular the author, author that he had on, yeah. I mean, and, it, 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 it. Let's go ahead. Right, and 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 the book goes to 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 quite lengths um, to um, to explain the problems with offering transgender uh, to the youth, well, and it well, kind of brings it to question. Uh, so, uh, or, I'm sorry, the, yes, like the, like the hormones, I, the blocking hormones, the therapy, right? Um, there's a there's and how there's, it can have a long. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, there, there's, there's there's kind of been, there's there's been a there's been this kind of um argument that's been coming up as of late. What they there's a term that they refer to as what they call trans trenders, which is that effectively these are people who are identifying as 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 transgender uh, as um. It's kind of a social, like a social 
action versus like any internal reflection kind of thing. It's it's they're not doing it for ther- they're not doing it for tarot like therapy. Kids? They're doing it for Instagram play. Yes. Um, okay. So Joe Rogan stayed silent on most of these strikes originally, but then he he finally came out. Um, this week and he says <laughs> and i'll quote but i get it you're 23 year old woke kid and you're working for this company and you think you're going to put your foot down i get it and but what's interesting about this is spotify never actually reached out to joe about the strike it's like they're like no you know what you guys want to strike it's between us and the employees we're bringing on somebody that they disagree with that they do they disagree strongly with and really what they want is is they want editorial control but joe didn't hire them to produce him he is selling an exclusive license to his unedited unadulterated material to spotify so this is where it's interesting spotify knows the contract that they signed and the moment that spotify starts stepping in and asking for editorial rights they're no longer licensing his content. They're now yeah. helping create it. And and that's really the problem. And uh, what Joe said about it is he said that the only thing that they've asked about so far is they asked him if he knew who his next guest was going to be. And he's already like, that's too much overhead. <laughs> like yeah. you, you cannot, you cannot control my podcast um you you can't be asking me in advance who my guests are going to be um you know you'll find out when the episode is released and i i i guess this is where this is an, this is an interesting take on this because what what's happening is that more and more of our inst you know like the the internet was supposed to be kind of this great democratizer of the the human experience right I mean, you know, you can say that you can say that you got to make a buck on it, but it, the the premise was is that as long as you had the bandwidth to host something, you can be you can be three chuckle fucks vaguely located across the east the east coast having a shit conversation. If people are kind of engaged in it, then it can become whatever. Or you can be a fifty seven year old black belt jujitsu enthusiast, <laughs> you know. And somehow it's like you make compelling radio, but it's it's this okay. It's this twofer. It's this twofer, which is that you have these platforms that effectively their entire their entire base was built on the idea that I don't give a shit about what you're doing until I give. But now they totally give a shit about what you're doing because well, it's go ahead. I will. I, so I like Rogan's. Um, I like Rogan's show for the most part. <clears throat> um, he's not like a complete puss when his fucking when he brings like hardcore right wingers on, like especially when he brought Shapiro on and he kind of just shat on some of the stuff Shapiro was saying because it's just a lot of right wing rhetoric and it seems that Shapiro didn't come prepared for that for that episode. I think he thought Joe was just gonna lick his balls. Like you're, a bro, you're, a bro, you're a bro. You're a bro. You're a bro. <laughs> but. <laughs> Shapiro, Shapiro just talks fast to try and what I don't like about Rogan's podcast is of it's it's very very like if you're gonna have far right wing guys like Alex Jones on like invite some counterparts to that like I I don't know if he has any far left people on you know what I mean uh, so, so yeah Sanders I, I'm I wouldn't call yes, Sanders did. a far would you call Sanders far leaning left I would say I mean maybe I guess no compared so, no, to no speaking no. but. Personally, I well, would not, but I, I think most of the country would. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I think ha- I think half of the country would. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, no. I, this, this, and th- but this is that's also more a reflection of just like America. America is a very right leaning <laughs> country. Well, I think general. it's. I think it shows that it's split. I don't think. I don't think that. I think if you look well, at anything, part, it's kind of split, right? No, no. But this but is kind of like that, a record that, label that, telling Kanye what to sing, right? So yeah, it's. It, it, what it really comes down to is, is does the artist decide? In, in in Joe's case, he made sure the contract spelled that out. So it, it makes sense that Spotify hasn't reached out to him. But you can you can understand the pressure on him because as it, he covers controversial <laughs> stuff, he covers you know how the public reacts to things, and he and he interviews people. And how can he just not make a statement? So I think that's why like he finally like came out and made some statements on it. Um, you know, on how he he understands the movement, but um, th- that's not the deal that they signed. This, the deal that they signed wasn't to allow these Spotify uh, editors to be able to rip out stuff that they didn't agree didn't agree with. No, I completely, well, I can, I compl- I don't think they have any right to. They made the comp- the corporation, the heads of the corporations made a, made a deal with Joe Rogan. Whatever those contracts stipulate, which and it looks like all the all the content, not just fucking content that people that work there don't like. You don't like that? Go fucking work somewhere else. That's kind they, of where my they, stance is. They he they bought a show from him. Mm-hmm. He said that he was going to record so much content, you know, record so many hours of content over so many years, and they bought it. Like you know that I guess really like, you'd have to look at the verbatim. Like you got a problem with it? Then that's great. Uh, you know, it, I mean, I don't know how good great that would be but for what, Joe if he's off the but air. What's weird though is. They're ripping his old stuff off of his old platforms and making them exclusive to Spotify, right? So now Spotify is the only place you can go to listen to that trans to listen to that trans that book about transgender. That's the only location to go to it for. So I in some ways, you know what I mean? You have to stop and say, as an employee of Spotify, you know. I represent the content that is on my platform. In some way, shape, or form, I represent the content that's on my platform. And we have these values that the company upholds. So I, 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 I get why they're upset, but you know, I mean, that's what a strike is for, right? They're unhappy with the way their company's being run and they want to walk, they want to walk out. What I think is more interesting about this is do you guys even think that a podcast can survive only being on one platform? I mean, we run a podcast, no. right? We wouldn't be exclusive to Spotify. Why the hell would we do that? No, because, I mean, maybe we I mean, would. Well, listen, us. Trace, if they fucking offered us like a whatever, how much money they offered Joe Rogan, we'd be taking it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'd survive just fine, I think. Well, uh, but and this gets this gets into the maybe the the crux of the problem too, and it's kind of this kind of this is this is the parallel thing, which is that we have this we have these points of aggregation of power either through like being able to collect money or pay people out or stuff like that like it's this you know the same the same week that this came up um i didn't know if you saw that thing with so, so there's a the world's big so there's a company called coinbase and basically their whole deal is is that they're the they're the non-sketchy mt oh what do you remember the the the, the sketchy japanese bitcoin bank that the guy fucking stole everything yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was it MT Gox? Yes. MT yeah. Gox. But um so Coinbase is like the legit you know, there's there's stockholders, there's like actual people running this, but there's this whole thing where like um 
it's this it's this crux where the the coin the 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 Coinbase's uh, president basically made it so the companies violently a- apolitical, i.e., they don't have. They were they are specifically saying that we have no stake in any position, mm-hmm. and that if you had a problem with this, you need you need you need to not work for us. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 told their employee, you know, which is it's weird for a do. tech company. Well, and, and, and which it's also kind of implicit because like Bitcoin is just involved in so much fucking really political shit <laughs> and like i don't know if you were like there were there was all these fucking photos floating around of like white supremacists building coin mines hmm. to, <laughs> to to fund stuff but it's yeah. i mean but even that it's just it, it like those cryptocurrencies besides like fucking people getting you know doing their side businesses or anything like that that's it's it's like these web messaging platforms like uh oh not wechat the not any like telegram but you know like like these 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 secure ones it's like these are implicitly political vessels and it's very difficult to be like hey i'm gonna sell it's like saying hey i'm gonna sell guns but i i don't have any i don't have any position on whether you should have guns or not Right. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like Napster, um, you know, making, you know, saying, you know, we don't have an opinion on the music industry. Um, yeah, I get it. It makes sense. Um, should we snake bite onto the next topic? Yeah, snake bite. You want, you, yeah. you, you want to speaking snake, of, you want to, uh, you want to bite that snake? Speaking of shareholders, uh, the, how, I don't, it, it's, it seems pretty popular, especially with children. Uh, the game Roblox, uh, the owner of the company has decided they're going to be going public. Trace, can you get a little more information on that? Um, yeah. So uh, they're working with investment banks. They're trying to uh, reach a $4 billion uh, valuation. And for those not familiar with Roblox, I'm sure most people are at this point, but um, Roblox is is kind of like a like a small, I don't want to call it a sandbox game like, like Minecraft where you can build whatever you want. It's more like um, when you jump in, you could, do whatever the server allows you to do. So you might be in there doing jailbreak and you can either be a prisoner or you can be a police officer. It's a very popular version of the game. Um, But then there's some really silly ones. Like there's a game in Roblox called Giraffe Head. And um, the entire purpose of the game is to try to walk around like a normal human being, except your neck is proportionally the same height as a giraffe's neck is to your body, which means that your head keeps falling down. which means you can actually like whiplash your your head around and hit people with it and launch them around the stage. It causes it's it it, it gets some really fun stuff. Just a simple concept like having a giraffe neck. But Roblox is a free to play game. Um, they do have their own currency, um, which I'm sure you could guess is called Robux. Um, and using Robux, you can buy things in the game. So like with giraffe neck, you can actually make your neck five times longer than everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> which means that your neck is so long that you're dragging it. Um, it's being dragged behind you for, you know, several, several yards inside the game. But uh, yeah, they want to go public. And uh, I think that's interesting to us. I think Wade and I were talking before the podcast and uh, I think we both want to, I think we both want to invest in, in Roblox because this game has survived the times. Yeah. It's- I mean, it's definitely, I wonder if it's already, like, it's already like, kind of saturated and the value of the like the stock is going to be a little too high for like me to invest in 
but I mean, it's it still sticks around. Like everybody I know with the kind of younger kids is aware of what Roblox is, and I don't think it's something, however, that is in like the the mainstream media. So like my only, I guess, as far as and I trust me, not 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 a shocker to anyone. I'm not some like I'm not some investing guru. That being said, if it was at the right price point, I might buy a couple of shares because I do believe once it did go public, I think you would see a lot of people pump money into it and i do think the value of the stock would probably rise quickly that but that being said i'm either going to buy it day one or i'm not going to buy it at all and just to give people an idea of how long this has been around minecraft came out 11 years ago in 2009 roblox came out 14 years ago in 2006 so this game has been out for a long time that's crazy now now when it first came out i believe you had to pay to play but they've switched to the freemium model similar to a lot of other games are um and that's working very well for them and actually it's at the point where if you walk into like your you know your family dollar um and you look at where the itunes cards are you'll find robux right next to them Right, you can get the V bucks for your uh, Fortnite. You can buy the Google Play card, um, but you can also get your Robux there. They're everywhere. They're in every store. Like it's right next to the the Olive Garden gift cards. Um, you can buy these Robux. And uh, as a parent, I've noticed that there's actually a lot of money going into this. What what my children actually like? They'll do chores for me, and uh, it, it, they don't want cash as a reward they want robux as a reward because in the game there might be something which you know it's a very simple concept but you might go into a game and there might you like let's say you're playing uh the um the prison break you know maybe you you maybe you can get yourself a taser in prison break where nobody else gets a taser and all you got to do is spend a hundred robux on this which might equate to maybe a fraction of a dollar well that's a really good deal if you're playing with your friends because it gives you a competitive advantage. I guess you could call it pay to win, but there's other things that are just silly and kids are still paying for them. So like, um, there's a, there, there's a game and it's called dance simulator. And the only thing that you do in the game is you dance. And the longer that you dance, the more dance moves that you get. And if if you want to be able to dance in an exclusive VIP room all by yourself, it's like 500 Robux and you give 500 Robux and you get access to the VIP room, which to me is a very lonely experience because there's no one else dancing in there. But you know, those are the types of, of, of things you see the pay to win. And then it's kind of like the exclusivity, the, 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 the perks inside the game. So the money is funneling in and for them to have a $4 billion valuation, I think that might be pretty accurate with, when you consider the, the, the user base and you consider, um, how, how easy it is to just spend a fraction of a dollar here and a fraction of a dollar there. Um, it, it really is like that microtransaction. Um, it's, it's kind of like the, the best microtransaction game, um, that, that I've seen. I think it's better than, you know, a lot of like the competitive fighting games where people will generally like earn they'll earn what they get into the game. Um, with this one, it's, it's just really nice to have, you know, that one exclusive outfit or that one exclusive, uh, area inside the game. Or has anyone seen anything at what, at what the, what the, what it could come out of a share? Has anyone seen any information about that or is it just too soon? Uh, I didn't see anything about the share prices. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about the share prices yet. Fair enough. Snakebite. Uh, wait, not Snakebite. Gunner, go ahead. Clear? 
I think can you can, can, are you going to say that you're going to be able to see it uh, see it very clearly soon? Maybe you know we're clearly going to miss. Uh, Eddie Van Halen died two days ago, I believe, at the age of sixty five. Um, I believe it was a it was throat cancer. Um, strange kind well, of story. He's been he, fighting it for years, though. Yeah, but I mean, he smoked like a chimney uh, and did a lot of drugs, which drugs also put you at a risk, a higher risk level for, for it, cancer. Well, I mean, like he again, it, it was he said it was because he had a guitar pick in his mouth all the time. That's the weird thing, and unfortunately, science debunked that like a long time ago. So the picks that he used, that most most metal guitar picks are made of uh, copper and nickel i believe neither of which have yeah. ever been linked to increasing uh rates of cancer um so you know it was the cigarettes that did him in which is sad it, regardless it doesn't really matter like how how he died i guess it just sucks that he died um but he's absolutely i i guess you'd have to argue and this is kind of what i like a little discussion um i'd say he's a top five all-time guitarist and he and he at what st- at what number do you disagree? Is he a top three? Is he the top two? Is he is he the best? No, well, no. So, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't feel it's fair to char- characterize him because it's like talking about it's it like for real. It's like talking about Moses. Uh, you know, like who's the most important figure in the 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 Bible, as it were. Like Eddie Van Halen is effectively the start of modern rock guitar like you can talk about the the prog rock guys like robert fripp and alan oh god i'm not alan what the fuck's name you know but like ed eddie 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 is like eddie is the start of that tech tree he is the marine of starcraft you know (laughs) like every every yes like you know you can do everything else fancier, but like when you come back, is that that guy? That is the guy. That is the guy that is getting your shit done for you, and everything else is just built on top of him. Like just, just like there are, there are, there are three guitarists that you can tell immediately who's playing. Okay, here. See, I want to hear this from, from you because I. I would argue there's there might there there are, I would argue there there are more, but if who are your three that you think are the most distinct? I Brian May. I knew you were gonna say it. Eddie Van Halen. Yep. And uh, I actually have to say I, it, it's kind of a toss up between Vire Fripp. Kirk Kirk Hammett does not come anywhere in there. Anywhere near there? From um, no, 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 no. Kirk, Kirk Hammett, Kirk Hammett is, Kirk Hammett is a very good player. Kirk Hammett has a very unique sound. I'm telling you that I can tell who's, I can tell that that's them playing. Any t- like with like literally song on the ra- like they're not in a band. It's not. It's not something else. It's like you like when you hear, beat it. You know that that's. Van Halen playing that part, I would absolutely without even agree th- with that. You know, you Brian May, if he's on anything, you know immediately that that's Brian May playing. Like, 
it's very it's very weird to hear an instrument that's effectively a voice and that's 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 the difference like you know like that was eddie's voice anytime right. anytime you heard him play like just you know and you, you, it's one thing to be like you got the distortion cranked up everything like i, I it's it's another be like you know like you got another you got a person like singing on an album you know that that that's per, that 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 is that person right but well yeah, that like and, yeah the motherfucker did it with like put his soul into a, into a guitar without pedals or any shit like that he could he could literally he could just say this is my signature and you'll know regardless who it is you know and it, Yes, and that you know, like I, I, it's it's funny because like um, why is my da- you know David Lee Roth kind of has that like crazy guy rep, sure. and I think he was, I, I, but you know, you you he did an interview ironically with Ro- or you know go back to the, with Rogan a few years back, but they talked about that, and it's like all of those guys were. You know, again, LA, you know, all the guys in Van Halen were like fucking classical musicians. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was that was their big thing. Like you know, like, and again, it's like crazy party, eighties rock aside. Like that actually that explains a lot because they're they really are a fucking jazz band. If you listen to that, they're like just how they would like how how like they would just fall apart and come back together. Like in in those early Van Halen albums, like you know before Sammy Hargar pop rock stuff, but. Okay, I'm done. I'm done <laughs> rambling. I don't think it's rambling. I think it was it was a, a, a homage well di- well uh, well paid. Trace, do you have a top five guitarist? I don't know anything about guitars. Okay, fair enough. So unfortunately, I can't cast a vote. I feel like you know it's I, it's almost like me asking um, me asking you like your top five motherboard manufacturers. Like you might know a couple. <laughs> Jesus, Azrock. Nvidia. All right, all right. Maybe I asked the wrong question. Maybe I asked the well, wrong actually, question. Well, actually, maybe, maybe, maybe this, maybe, maybe this is the, this is the other thing is that I, I think, I think Eddie, you know, again, like I think Eddie's interesting because effectively, he was playing the guitar like it was a saxophone. Like it's a, it's it's just it was a fundamentally different approach. You know, like again, you, you're making the Please you're making the noise with the guitar. Do but... not compare him to Kenny G. Just don't do that. No, no, no. But no, but like you know, just 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 because you know, like he, again, it's kind of this thing. Like he, his dad was a pretty prolific uh, clarinet player there. You know, like a session musician. But like that, that's his, that's his whole thing. You know, and again, it's kind of funny too because like you talk about, it comes back to that. Like Brian May, um. The you know the guitar that kind of made him famous like that was his dad wasn't a musician but his dad was like a, a t- very technical guy like they built they built all that shit just like you know and then say that you go back to that same thing it's like you know Vi kind of got there too but like Robert Fripp you know and and Brian May but like they they basically you know like they 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 were playing guitar but effectively they went from the ground up with it like mm-hmm. every bit of that was something that they had made together you know and it was it it's it's the it's the difference between being a really good driver and 
understanding under understanding your car at a fundamental level so that you can make it do things that you, you, you maybe they, you know like it's the it's the it's the guy who can it's the guy who can do the ace ventura flip the car 16 times over and land in the the parking spot perfectly fine you like know it, it, it's like a glove <laughs> well uh we're gonna snake bite on this one and uh our final kind of hit quick hit topic although we didn't really stay Exactly within time to a, constraints. To to a pl- to a place that requires you wearing gloves now. So Regal Cinemas announced uh, this past week, maybe last weekend. Uh, they are Regal Cinemas and Cineworld are um, a vast majority of their locations. Um, from what I've read, this is indefinitely. So maybe there's a glimmer of hope it might come back but it kind of looks like they have taken too many losses due to COVID and they are not going to be back. And I feel terrible uh, for the people that are just permanently kind of not going to be able to have those jobs. Um, and uh, I was, I was a diamond diamond card member, diamond card holder at Regal cinema. So I feel selfishly terrible for myself that I, uh, I may never be able to go to the movies again. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, AMC's probably on the on, on, AMC's on the way to bankruptcy any as well. So I think it's I think it's this is kind of kind of inevitable, and and honestly, that's this maybe is a, a too shallow of a story to really you know tee off on. As we've kind of talked about this in a foreboding manner anyway for months now, but. So this is one of things when I when I heard this news, obviously I was bummed. You never want to hear about like fifty five hundred people in the UK alone, you know, not having jobs anymore. But um, it's kind of like okay, everyone was so desperate to get back to normal, and you know, I think that would be that would be amazing. I don't think it's realistic at this point. Um, I think there are probably some things that are going to go by the wayside, uh, and they just won't come back. Um, the movies, I think, probably going to going to a movie theater. I mean, might kind of be one of them. I don't know. I, well, if, <laughs> if step move, one is the theater, right? Step, step two, two is actually having movies, movies to show. Yeah, Ugh. that's why this is grim, right? This is very grim. First of all, I completely agree with this happening, and it's not popular opinion. People are nostalgic about the movies, and that's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. However. I think that the movie industry has actually had um, kind of an unfair stronghold over the release of movies. And if you think about this, you think about this, this world that we're preparing, right? Where, where, where anyone can do anything, right? We want to be accessible. We want to be inclusive. Movies don't really work for so many different people. First of all, if you're, if you happen to work like an odd shift, it might be really difficult, or if you happen to work, um, because a lot of movie theaters, uh, they, they might they might offer a matinee for certain shows, but the selection on the you know on the weekend nights is so much better. So being kind of forced to to to, to go to somebody's schedule to watch something that you really don't need to watch in a theater, I I, I think is strange. Um, think about people who are like parents, right? <laughs> My wife and I had this issue for, the, for, for, for years. We wanted to go out and see these movies, but we would be hiring a babysitter to go pay $8 for a bag of popcorn. And it just seems so stupid. It's like, no, we're just going to wait a year. 
Like our lives are too busy to worry about these movies. We're just going to wait a year and we're going to wait until it's out on Netflix or, or, you know, you can, you can, you can buy it or rent it or whatever. So I feel like in some ways this is, this has been coming. And furthermore, the fact that they have recliner chairs in the movie theater is telling me that they're already competing with my living room. So I kind of look at this a little bit different. And although I'm, it's sad and there's a lot of nostalgia attached, um, people have been sneaking candy into these freaking theaters for so long because the prices are just out of control for the, uh, for the concessions. I kind of feel like, like this was going to happen either way. The virus just sped it up. That's, that's how I feel about it. Well, the, I guess the thing is, is that between the virus is that any business that's a fuck of fucking effectively rent seeking is just, not going to be able to survive in the great adjustment that what Western capitalism is just about to go through. I mean, you, you can what already, you're saying Gunner is that they're renting the building that the theater is in, or are you saying no, that I, they're renting a seat in a theater? Because I no, think no, well, I, that's a stretch to call that rent seeking. No, no, no. I'm saying that like movies have the, the whole movie theater industry mm -hmm. has effectively become, Hey, we are we are just attempting to interpose ourselves in the way that you can consume this media for a for a period of time like we're not it's not a more pleasant experience it's a more expensive one you know it's like the whole it's why they flipped their shit when trolls came out on streaming and didn't go to theater mm -hmm. you know like it it's it this pleasant, it's this it used could to be, more be. Right. I mean, back yes. in the day, the theater was a much better picture than what you would get at home. Now yes. it's kind of the other way around. I mean, everyone has a 4K television. Like what, what, what are you getting? Like, what are you really getting? Are they going to make the screen wider and wider and wider until it wraps all the way around the back of your well, head? Well, yes, that, that, you know, but, but, and this is why, when I say rent seeking, that's what I mean. It's like, these, these are not, this is not a. You are not bringing value to the table in this transaction. You Have know? you been to the ones that serve dinner? Yes. That to and me that, is a, yeah, I've been that there. to me is fantastic. But that's they're a like, premium experience. They're like, oh wait, it, it, instead of eight dollars for a bag of popcorn, let's charge twenty two dollars and give them a steak. And people yes, are like, well, but, fuck, I'm uh, hungry anyway. It's How more like, let's charge dinner? $22 and give him a hamburger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. But it's well, still well, it's still a better deal. <laughs> I feel better buying a $22 hamburger than I do an $8 bag of popcorn. Yes. Me too. Well, you know, but in, in part of this too is that we've, we, like, we have this twofer, which is that, like, you had the great consolidation that, that occurred, like, at the end of last year. Where Fox, you know, Disney bought Fox, and there's this whole like fucking shuffling going around in the entertainment industry. Fucking love. But like, well, they're oh, they're Disney's so fucked. Disney is so fucked. Like, you know, they're not going out of business, but that whole like they may end up a smaller company at the end of this than they started when they bought Fox. Like. But that's it's, neither here nor there, just, though. But yeah, keep keep yeah. keep going with your with your initial thought. It's because well, we're we're at a point where, like, I don't I 
these these public entertainment spaces i don't know what you're gonna like you you can kind of you can you can kind of be like florida and just throw all that shit to the wind like what the, did you see where they fucking opened up for like they're they're they basically told the dolphins hey you you're clear to go with 65,000 people in the stadium now like they said they're just open for business no no limits right see like, movies to me made sense when distribution was very very expensive well so so and i guess here's the other thing too is that can can you can you stay in business when you can't have consistent operating footprints throughout the country or throughout throughout your here's my here's my question as well this although i understand it's much easier to watch a movie like in your home everyone already owns the venues to put a movie out so like netflix or you know whoever your cable provider is like, you're going to have to go through these distributors. Like you're not, and I guess you kind of do that with the movies, but at least I guess in the old model, if you put out a badass movie, you could crush it in theaters and it it directly compete with the other movies coming out. Go ahead. Six months to come out with an online service. You know what I mean? Is that, is that enough time Um, in your opinion? I, I don't know. You know, and the, the writing's been on the wall, so they've had more than six months, but they've had six months for an oh shit moment. Um, you, <laughs> if they if they already had all of the contacts in place, contacts that, let's say you and I decided we want to create a competitor to YouTube, right? We could do yeah. that. Be very difficult to to convince people to move to our platform though, right? We literally are they, doing that with a podcast right now. You, we don't even have to make up a YouTube thing. We could, we could probably compare it to our podcast. That's completely true. And you know, what's interesting about that is that we were talking about whether or not Spotify, you know, what we'd do if Spotify owned us, they own anchor, (laughs) which is where we publish our podcast. So they technically (laughs) do own us. We just haven't agreed to it. Um, And they do, they put their little thing at the end. It's like, this podcast was brought to you by anchor. Holding Um, out. Yeah. That's our advertising. They they sponsor (laughs) us. (laughs) They sponsor us with free hosting. And in return, we do not give them permission to, uh, to, to put their little, little uh, ditty at the end. Can, can we, can we attempt to get sponsors by danger, like dangerous and horrible products? I mean, like they, they pay, give it a shot. Opie and Anthony always used to bitch because they, they could only get like dick cream and stuff to sponsor, like dick creams and stuff like that to sponsor them. I want to. So, I want to get. I want to see that company. I want to get that company that had the uh, the male chastity device that was uh, Bluetooth addressable that someone yeah, actually rooted that locked on their dick. Let's just not make it dangerous. But yeah, like um, there's one called Turd Twisters. I think we talked about it on the poop episode. Yes. Yeah. Can, um, can we not? Can we not revisit that? We'll yeah, find out. Yeah, <laughs> not not the episode, but but maybe they would be a, a great sponsor. And maybe. in return, in return, like. I, I don't know what we want in return. I don't think we want anything in return. I we'll just, just be like, "Hey, can can you be our can you be our sponsor? We don't want any money." Oh, okay. And we're not going to give you any extra sales. We just want to pretend like we're <laughs> like we're such an awesome podcast that we have people like Turd Twister just waiting and knocking on our door. I th- but I think that knocking I think on your door is up. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's we're a delay. I'll be waiting for you. 
All right, I'll just I'll talk. So I guess the point that I have is that, you know, if if we were to create a streaming a streaming service, right, to compete with YouTube, it would be difficult to get a hold of the content creators and get them on board, right? But the cinemas could have done this. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? The cinemas could have done this. They could have bonded together and been like, hey, yeah, you know what? We already have these contracts in place where the movies get released to us before they get released to the public. I guess so, the fear. So I, the, so I, I agree with you in theory that that could happen. But at that point, what's stopping Fox, MGM, pick Touchstone, pick a, actually, I don't even know if Touchstone is even a company anymore, but pick like a movie producer and essentially, all we have to say is, well, if you're just going to do a streaming thing, then we'll just we'll just create our own streaming service, right? Right, like, right, exactly. So, and that's just that just that's kind of goes towards my my point that they were on their way out because if they yeah. were really stopping and innovating, right, that they, they, they would have tried to get ahead of this. That they've seen the writing on the wall. I mean, how many years have recliners been in the theaters? They didn't just show up last year. You know what I mean? The the audiences in the theaters have been dwindling. And they've had some time to rethink their business model, and they haven't done it. Um, so that's kind of how I feel. Um, I, I don't know if maybe you're right. Maybe the experience isn't really. Maybe the experience really is better in the movie theater. But I, I don't really believe that. I believe that with a 4K television and some really just off the shelf soundbar. The experience that you get at home is good, and 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 I would actually say a lot of the times it's better because if if all of a sudden um something happens like you spill soda on your lap, you could pause the fucking movie, right? Which is <laughs> which kind of takes away from the immersion of it. That's true, right? And you know maybe people are more likely to be on their phones when they're home and so, stuff like that. So, so I, I'm so, with so. you there. But then you just make a bond with your friends that you don't pause for soda spills. Done. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you that also pissing your pants in a theater ruins your immersion as well. Uh, just, uh, <laughs> just a heads up. Have you pissed your pants in a theater? Oh my god, every kid does. Uh, I guess it's. True. I mean, every kid I, does. I, 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 mean, I have not, but not like I've, every I've, child, I've, I've, but like, like it happens, right? Because the kids are either holding their pee because they don't want to get up and go, or their parents don't want to interrupt the scene of the movie and keep yelling at them. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing. I guess, like, as much as I love the movies, I'll never have to again. I guess worry about some like shit bag going to a R-rated movie with their fucking two-year-old because they want to see it and they fuck up mm-hmm. the experience for everyone because it's a two-year-old and they have no interest in what's going on. They just right. Don't they're running up and down. Yeah, they're running up and down the aisle. They're crying. Oh God, that's the best thing. The, cr- the screaming and the crying is just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what gives you the right for your fucking two year old to ruin this experience for everybody else? But that's or the, the people si- that society have, we live in. Or, or you remember? I don't know if they do it anymore. But people would go to the, the 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 movie like like three times, and by the third time, they would just like they would either be like, "Oh, dude, this is going to be so cool," and they'd kind of like spoil it for you, or they just like talk with the person like as they're talking. It's like they've memorized the movie already, which I guess is cool if it's like Sandlot and you've watched it a hundred times. But it, like, you, you shouldn't really be doing that in a theater where there's probably a greater than 50% chance that the person sitting next to you has not seen it before. So that's kind of the cool thing about the theater because the vast majority of people that go to movies go for the experience, I think. Mm. Like, and that's the difference. Like, if we're watching a movie and one of our friends won't shut the fuck up, if I stand up and say, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you, the person's probably going to shut the fuck up because there's 100, 150 people saying, yeah, shut up or we'll all beat the fuck out of you. 
but you might have to actually potentially live with the person that you just told to shut the fuck up. So that's, that's kind of so a drawback funny. of watching a movie at home as well, I guess. That's so funny. So one of Wade's advantages to going to the theater is he could tell strangers to shut the fuck up and they have to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like well, an I mean, indirect no, you have You have to either way. It's just going to be way more <laughs> awkward and potentially friendship destroying if you don't shut the fuck oh, up as opposed gosh. to, you know. I don't know who you are. You don't know who I am. You just don't want to get the fuck beat out of you by like 20 people. Oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I, so, you know, the movies I think were inevitable. Um, they're obviously going away and that's going to be part of the new, new normal. What's next? Like that's not coming back. Everyone give your opinion. Trace, you can go first. One I'm pretty, one I'm pretty concerned about, and no one is talking about this at all. And I don't know if if we covered it on a previous podcast. Just let me know. But it's schools, centralized schools. I'm actually pretty concerned. Um, and maybe so, it's because because of my experience with my with the school that my children go to. Um, but there's a lot of tomfoolery going going on with centralized schools right now. You remember, you remember when when this all started, and I was concerned that they were trying to force that ever the, like they were trying to force lunch upon us. Remember, I was talking about yes. that. Yes. Like, why are they giving out lunch in the middle of a pandemic? Right. And you're like, oh well, you know, some people they don't have the means to get to feed their children, which I, Still I guess I'm, I'll be a little Ben Shapiro on that. Um, and, and, and think that school is an education system and not a social welfare system. And I don't necessarily agree with that, but let's say that's true. Right. And let's say that, that for some reason they can starve during the summer, but you know, come, come, come school year, they, they, they need a meal provided. No, they're, they typically um, have, they, they typically have auxiliary programs during the summer. Like I, I worked at one as a lifeguard where they, you know, underprivileged kids most of the time. Went to like a summer camp where they got mm-hmm. breakfast and lunch, and they you mm-hmm. know learned how to swim and stuff like that. There, it's not just but, but, nothing but going on during the but summer. But yeah, but I, I I know what you're saying, but that's we're talking about the school specifically, right? Well, but no, but it was attached to the school. It was run through Chittenango's school system. Oh, is the school system provided? Okay, well, town of town of Sullivan, but it was it was sourced from kids that went to Ch- went to Chittenango. Right, and there, I mean, you can still almost justify it, right? Because you're you're adding some form of educational uh, material. And then you're feeding them while they're there. So even then, I get it. What I don't really understand is them just getting a, a meal dropped off at their house. I, I I don't I don't understand that. Um, and and that's we can agree to disagree on that. That's fine. Sure. Um, what's 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 become more apparent to me though is is something that's even stranger, and this is the idea that in the middle of the pandemic, most of the kids are um they're bringing their 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 lunches to school. You know, because their parents, you know, don't want the cross contamination, and they they have to stand six feet apart while they're in line, and then they have to sit by themselves, also, right? They can't eat with their friends. It's it's getting really, really odd, and I guess it's what we would expect. But if you and I went out to dinner right now, Wade, we would sit with each other. I mean, <laughs> we would sit with our friends, right? I mean, that's why we're going out together. So the, the kids aren't really allowed to take the same risks that you and I are, and and that's probably for the better. I mean, they're trying to prevent the spread uh, of the virus, and I don't want to minimize that. But what's happening is, is the schools went from sending us like, like, like a couple of lunches a week. We're receiving right now, and this is this just blows my mind. We're receiving half gallons of milk and full loaves of bread. It's no longer a prepared meal. They're sending us the surplus supplies that the cafeteria would otherwise throw away. It's getting really, really yeah. odd. 
Well, and, and you're, you're bagging on that trace that that might be that might be kind of more relevant in it, the near it, immediate future. <laughs> it might be, but it feels almost like government cheese, right? I mean, these are unlabeled bags of bread, right? Um, and it, it's good. I mean, it's all you know, it's 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 good quality, um, good quality food. But I believe what's occurring right now is is that the demand for lunches has gone down so much with the school systems that they're actually they're actually going to, to 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 have a broken budget next year. If people see them throwing all of this stuff away, they'll have to stop ordering it. Therefore, the well, next year when they go to apply for it, they're not going to get it. And this is where it gets strange. It's like, why why can't the schools turn down the volume knob during the pandemic? And the state acknowledges that, but then turn it back up when demand is higher, when they need it. It's almost like they're afraid that they're going to lose all of their funding. And I've well, also I noticed think- just with... You also have to learning. consider the the industry that there. So you mentioned bread and milk, both of which are commodities in our country, which are federally regulated systems and industries. Meaning, they're going to do essentially whatever they have to do so that these industries don't fail. So specifically, what you're talking about is milk that is probably uh, not extended shelf life. So it's probably conventional milk. What that what's that's called, um, which has already taken a massive hit because of schools. And if I mean, essentially, if that dries up. And it never comes back. Now you're talking about some serious, serious spikes in milk, f- even more farms closing because it's so kind of tied in with with the federal and state governments. And, and I sympathize with that. But do you really think people are drinking less milk in the pandemic? I think, and if they no, are, no, no, no. So let me let me explain. I don't think people are drinking less milk. I think less. I know that less volume of milk is being consumed and is moving. That is factual. But 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 that's a supply and demand issue, right? That's not our school's job to repair. Well, and see, as the, much the, as it's the, nice the, for that to occur, I'm paying school taxes on all of this, right? Which means that this strange thing happens where I pay the same amount of tax, right? And for some reason, it's going towards these programs that send milk jugs to my house. I just don't understand it. And no, the milk and the, is good, and the bread is good, and and, and we're eating it right. But we're, we're doing it because there was we were we were pressured. We were pressured to take the, to take the products. But that's only a small part of it. And let's say Wade, let's say because of the supply chain, the schools are actually doing a public service by giving these th- th- this food out, right? Let's say that this actually does fix something. And when the pandemic's over, um, it, it prevents certain industries um, fr- from th- that are on the brink of failing from failing. And maybe that's a good thing. First of all, send a letter to tell me that. How hard is it to explain, right? Um, maybe they don't want to though. Maybe it's more political. Maybe there's something else that they're covering up. And, and, and maybe it's because the state system doesn't isn't really prepared for the pandemic. Therefore, they're going to base next year's budget on this year's usage and the school is going to get fucked. That's what I really think is happening. But and that brings me into the next point and that's about attendance. So <laughs> my, my children are going to school five days a week. They're only physically there two days. And on the other three days, they're supposed to be partaking in remote learning. One of them's supposed to be like a like like a catch-up day or if you know students are behind day. So they're really supposed to be attending four days of school, but they're really just going physically for two days. And the other two days, they're they're on these conference calls that last like 20 minutes. And it is they're not even hiding the fact that it's just an, it's just a roll call. 
They want to get the attendance to say that the kids are attending. And I really truly believe it's just so that they keep receiving their state aid. Like it's an odd thing. So yeah, but that was kind of the case even in high, even when we went to high school, making them for roll call and then, you know, come what may, they'll either catch you or they won't catch you. But you got to you got to report that, in. That's a good point, but that's the student making the decision. What I'm talking about with this roll call is this is part of the curriculum. Like there is a 20 minute conference call and no other material, right? It would normally be a full day's worth of material, and now it's just this small call. Now, not all school systems are like this. Some people that we talk to, um, their kids are actually on a webcam, um, sitting in, in, you know, actually watching material for the majority of the day. And I also realize that a kid in elementary school can't sit in front of a webcam as long as somebody that's in high school. They just don't have the patience and the discipline for that at that age, right? They need to be more engaged. And sitting in front of a of a of a grainy camera, um, you know, picking your nose isn't really what what, what the kid you know, what the kid ultimately wants to do. So I understand that. But what I've seen is a huge distaste for this by the public. And what's happening is, is I'm seeing, and I would say like at this point, 50% of my friends with kids have pulled their kids out of school and they're homeschooling. Because for that 30 minutes that they're supposed to sit in front of a that ineffective two days, instead, they could just say, you know what, I'm going to teach this, this material. I'm going to teach it on Mondays and you can have the rest of the week off. And the, the, it's like, well, if I got to be home with the kid anyways, why am I going to have them in a centralized school system that doesn't actually take my child, um, you know, more than two days a week. So it, nobody's really talking about this, but I feel like centralized school system is going to start falling apart as a direct result of, uh, of the new, new normal. I want to, so I, I guess kind of a follow-up question to this too, or kind of follow-up thought, is that have you had the moment of, I mean, like, so you're homeschool, you're, you're fully homeschooling at this point? No, but a lot of my friends are, and they're consolidating, right? It, this is what gets, this is what the I'm learning, observing. The learning gods. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it reminds me of what it was like before centralized school when you had the schoolhouses, right? You'd have a community of people and they'd all go, you know, to like the nearest, you know, public area. Most often it was a church, but they'd go there and their their kids would learn there together. But for, you know, for reasons, I'm sure that there's valid ones, but for reasons, you know, the states pushed for these centralized schools, probably mostly because of buses right? Because you didn't need to take like a buggy to go to school anymore. You could have a school bus drive, you know, for hours and hours and hours a day. Um, but it made sense because you'd get the same education as, as everyone else. And, you know, th- we, we switched from schoolhouses to the central school system and it still exists in the name, right? Like, like the, the, the Canastota is Canastota central schools because they're no longer these small houses, but people are going back to that. And I, actually two of my close friends, they're both sending their children to like a, like a little co-op homeschool. <laughs> Dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know nearly enough people that I would trust with if I had a child to teach them anything. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe, maybe, but, I don't know. <laughs> but, I just don't but, know but, many but, people. But we're watching the curriculum now, right? Well, I'm, I think I'm observing I, every test and worksheet and I, I'm watching it all now. We might not see what happens in class, but we see all the work that comes home and then we see these bullshit go on for a few minutes. Yeah, I, I I think it's I, I completely understand what you're saying. 
However, I think there is a little bit of an inability. Uh, so a good portion of Americans are working from home. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them that are not putting an eight-hour day in. Maybe they've logged onto the computer for eight hours, but they're probably putting like a two-and-a-half to three-hour day at max. Sure. And honestly, I don't think that's very different from the office. It's right. just that the office, you know, you go to take a piss or you go to the water cooler or you spark up a conversation. And I think it's, I don't know, uh, I don't really think it's much different than what the parents are doing. So I, I think maybe, I understand, it's very, it must be very frustrating, I, I can imagine. And I do think this will have massively detrimental effects if we don't find a way to get kids back into school. Um, I would agree with you if they were sitting in front of the camera for an hour. Or two hours, or three hours. It, you know, maybe they don't. They can't do the full six, right? I would agree with you there, right? If if, if now they're if if there's certain activities they simply can't do in person, or they can't easily do in person, right? Art doesn't work out as well in per, over a webcam. What are you going to send paint to everyone's house? I mean, they might as well deliver it with a fucking bread, but it doesn't work as well, right? Gym class doesn't work as well over a webcam. What are you going to carry the laptop out into the grass with you? So I do, I completely understand what you're saying. And that's that the parents might not be putting in as many, you know, physical body hours into the office as they were before um, because they, they, they never needed to, that you don't have the water cooler conversations, right? You don't have people showing you kid pictures as much when you're working from home. And I get that. It's, it's almost a more efficient way to work. Right. But I, at least, at least in my little, my little soapbox, um, I don't see my kids doing even the two hours, right? It just seems it it it's just it's just a roll call. It's a roll call go away. You know what I mean? You get to wave to your friends and say hi. And I also agree with you that you don't trust everyone to teach your kids, but I think it depends on the material. So sure. I, I when I say I don't want to minimize how hard a teacher's job is, first of all. Um, but I think what we're starting to realize as a society is in the elementary years. If you were to just focus on the core stuff, right? Your reading, your writing, your math, um, you know, and starting to get into, uh, you know, some of the sciences and stuff like that. But the but the the basics, the, the the building blocks of what they'll need, you know, to take a higher level class, is that they don't really need to be there five days a week for that. That most of that material can be learned, well, tested. So what they makes can move you on. think? What makes you think that? that's what the homeschooling parents are telling me. I mean, th- it doesn't take them. They don't, they don't, they don't homeschool, you know, six hours a day, five days a week. I, I think, uh, yeah, but I mean, I think that it's impossible to do this in a scientific, scientific level without starting this experiment with a, a test group, a group that does go to school right. for five, for, for, for the first, like, you know, eight, nine mm-hmm. years or whatever, or, for, or no, it'll be like four or five years, I guess. Let's just call it five years. And then a group that's, you know, loosely homeschooled for a few days a week, what those test scores would look like at the end of the f- five years. Like, I, I don't think we'd be able to and, do and that. Everyone learns would... differently. Right. And, and, and you could say yeah. that if a teacher were given the opportunity to pass a child based on his knowledge and not the entire classroom, yeah, maybe they could move on. Right. Maybe they could spend mm-hmm. 10 minutes on a topic, um, you know, instead of spending 10 days on that same topic. So that part I understand. Um, and, and th- th- there's other issues. There's other issues with with that. With me minimizing right the effort uh, of school as well. One of the major ones is the social element, and this is something I never really got until this year. Um, school's kind of a double edged sword from a social perspective. So, like, 
and, and I know we were going to talk about things that won't be the same and I'm kind of focusing on schools here, so I'm sorry, but <clears throat> um, a, there's a lot of kids that hate school because it puts them into a social element that distracts them from learning. And I never thought this was true um, until I talked to some of these parents and they're like, no, my kid excels at home. According to what, to, according about, what the standards that the school set for them or, yeah, or so their personal well, standards? I mean, this is silly, but like, like, like how you're dressed, right? Whether you have like designer sneakers, those types of things affect the quality of, of, of your learning. Um, and I'm not saying kids should be sent to school in uniforms. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't, but and they do um, that. That's private school, right? But your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. The, your confidence level um, in the classroom it can either be lifted up or it can be brought down depending on how the social environment affects you. Some people, it brings them right up, right? Like, you know what? I'm so glad that I'm in class with, with Mary because she asked that question and I was thinking that question, but I was too nervous to ask. Some people love that, right? They love being in class with, with other people, but there's other people that they're, you know, th that too nervous to ask can be a detriment. You know, what if Mary didn't ask that question, right? Would you have asked it if it was one-on-one -on -one at home with your parents? So, um, so there, you know, you have the, the social element, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It can work, uh, uh, for yeah, you. Cause I wonder what Mary's going to be like at 18 when she, you know, a boss kind of shits on her on not rightfully, but unfortunately she's so not used to dealing with confrontation that right. she just lets it roll her. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, but the other thing is that in the higher grade levels, when you're starting to teach stuff that's close to, or is college level. Yeah. Then I'm with you. I don't want my neighbor teaching my child physics, right? Sure. So in that case, I, I I get it. But but when you're at that point, it's almost like going to college remotely, right? Where there there already is, it's the material is so difficult to learn that there's already like an industry trying to teach online. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different teaching strategies to try to learn it online and the colleges have been doing that and they've been competing in that space for a long time. So th there should be avenues that help you out with physics, whether it's, you know, go and learn on YouTube, you know, or, or maybe your professor happens to be good enough that, um, or your teacher is good enough that, that you can learn from them remotely or in person. But I think for those elementary years, I really think that the central school system may be at jeopardy as a result of this virus because people just They've lost faith in in the execution. It's like, well, what are they doing there all day? You know, and and I think you're getting a little bit of both. But um, yeah, I, that's weird though. Like every parent went to elementary school at one point, and if you, I mean, you you don't really don't remember anything. Like I definitely remember, I, not a ton, taking a lot of hits to the head, but I definitely remember learning things and a lot of like you know a lot of maybe struggles I had, but like. It wasn't like we were just like hanging out doing nothing. Like I, I don't, I don't really understand that. Are they so short sighted that they don't remember what it's like to be in elementary school? Or we all—that's well, the kind of weird thing. We all, we all did it, right? I think it's so more. Why of don't a we remember what of, we did? I think it's more of a question of um, do they want to keep their child in school mm -hmm. when they're not getting that full day, that 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 full five day experience? And I get right. That. Yeah, I, get, I understand that. They're learning in this fragmented fashion. And then the other days where they're, where they're told they'll be remote learning, there's not. It's, it's not even remote learning. It's just a roll call. And you if know, that's all it is, then obviously I, I completely support the 
teach your kids yourself then. Like, like if it's literally just a roll call and there nothing's getting done, then you know, get definitely do whatever you gotta do to to get your kid into into the best possible position you can get them into. So I understand that for sure. We're doomed. We are doomed. Speaking of doomed, what how have we we've gone over, haven't we? What yes. if I lie? We're well, I know that I looked at the clock. I wasn't keeping time very well tonight, but I know when I looked at the clock I, at ten twenty nine, we were well into the podcast. Or nine twenty nine. Well, we promised Gunner he could talk about something. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I'm no, no, no. I'm I'm mostly I'm mostly distracted by watching the debate the the uh, debacle of the debate right now. Oh, the you're watching the vice president VP. Yeah. Debate. Oh my god, Gunner! You know we're recording, right? Yeah, I know. I'm watching commentary. <laughs> I'm watching com. I'm reading commentary of people watching the debates. So it's okay. All right, I guess reading doesn't count. Kill I'm killing the show. <laughs> I try. Sell I try to find the topic. The ritual sacrifice and grill it. Will be done. Sell it on eBay. He killed it and grilled it. So for everyone that's uh, listening, thank you for listening. Uh, give us a like, listen, and a share. And uh, any suggestions of uh, topics to talk about, throw them in there, and uh, good chance we'll talk about them. Uh, with that, we will uh, bid you to adieu, and Gunner, take us on out. Silent Green is made of people. Silent Green is made of people. Silent Green is made of people. I'll be right back, guys. I got to pee.